If you had the option to live past the age of 115, would you take it? Are we talking about a meaningful bump in quality of life, or are we talking about just your standard 115-year-old experience? Um, Could you imagine you'd be like Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Diane Feinstein times three at 115. Like that level of, you know what I mean? Well, if it was, if you were fine physically and mentally, would you do it? I, mean, if, I don't know. I don't think so. If I'm fine mentally and physically, I'll go to 604. I don't care. Oh, no. I'm do you trying feel, to. Do you feel fine physically and mentally right now, Tom? Hell no. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. I, but, I, I, there's no evidence that that even exists. Honestly, I don't buy it. Maybe longevity? you settle into it though. Or, longevity or feeling good physically and mentally. Feeling good physically and mentally. <laughs> now Tony's like, no, I buy that people could live to be 120. Yeah. I just don't <laughs> think they're having fun. I absolutely believe that misery could continue for many many eons i believe that but mm-mm. also Tanner, it's just like it's boring did you ever get into that aubrey de gray guy i don't think so it's not familiar that dude from england that was studying like super longevity aubrey de gray it was just trying to he was kind of like he's an interesting character a bit of an eccentric he was like you know not that there's anything wrong with this. So, uh, before people call me ageist, I'm not saying anything. But like he was like married to a woman that was like 30 years, 40 years older than him. Mm-hmm. Like, and he was like trying to figure out how to prevent cell death. Like that was the key to like. There's no reason we can't live forever if we just prevent the death of our cells. <clears throat> I mean, isn't what's Elon Musk doing? That's harvesting children's blood. That's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> No, isn't he trying to figure out how to cyborg himself? Well, there's all that upload your consciousness into, you know, into... Yeah. Or whatever. My thing about that is, is that, like, the human experience is very visceral. So, like, even if you could do that, which I don't buy, like, what's the point? Like, you're you're not going to be experiencing it. You know what I mean? It's very narcissistic. It's like, oh, listen, you all need my speech and thought patterns and whatever, whatever, long after I'm gone. I won't be around to experience life, but you all should continue to experience life with me. That's what I was about to say. If I had the money and option to live on consciously as a computer or something, I think I would buy a different consciousness. Not my, I don't want, I'd rather not have all my memories. So you would just be someone else. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) In a different body. (laughs) <laughs> sure yeah in a in a computer body why not that's i would do that because that sounds interesting this i feel like this is a dead end <laughs> <laughs> it raises an interesting question of what the self actually is i mean did you guys see that take going around like a couple of weeks ago that was like it's problematic if you're thinking of someone else while you're masturbating without their consent like bro that's that's like you could probably curb a lot just by like punting okay (laughs) okay well what do you do about wet dreams how do you control that what are you supposed to to call somebody up and say hey i'm sorry but 
I definitely fucked you last night in my sleep. Bummer. Some my people bad. do do that. It's the it's the weakest, the lamest type of pickup or flirting is like, hey, you were in my dream last night. It's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> You're like you're, you're dying, all of us. Everybody's done. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah. Where's my Diamond entry? Where's out. my entry level to this without sounding too much like a creep? <laughs> That's right. Well, the uh, the reason I asked the aging question is there's this long article in the New York Times Magazine. How long can we live? There's a big debate over what is the like upper limits of human life um it's in it's got some interesting statistics in it i mean like the number of super centenarians is that what you call them like the people who live over 100 has gone up like exponentially in the last 20 or 30 years um but most people don't live past 115 i think like the oldest woman is 100 was 122 years old but um, 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 my life expectancy, I think, currently is like sixty-seven. Yeah, for a Letcher County woman. Yeah, yeah. I I thought this is interesting though. So there's like, you know, there's a big debate. There's some scientists that say like theoretically people could live forever in the right conditions, and then there's other scientists like this guy, S. J. Olshansky. He's an expert on longevity at the University of Illinois in Chicago. He is so thoroughly convinced that humans, that, that there is not a single human alive today that will live over 150. He's, he's, and I just want to quote from this article. He's so thoroughly convinced of this position that he has backed it up with an investment that may eventually grow to a sizable fortune for him and his heirs. In 2000, Stephen Estad, a biologist now at the University of Alabama, Birmingham, told Scientific American, the first 150-year-old person is probably alive right now. When Olshansky disagreed, the two struck up a friendly bet. Each put $150 in an investment fund and signed a contract stipulating that the winner or his descendants would claim the returns in 2150. Um, And I thought this was kind of interesting because... This is a kind of interesting uh, plot for a movie I had. <laughs> this is definitely some top sex and shit to place a bet beyond yeah. the grave. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that you are the Olshansky guy and you're like, and you are starting to zero in on 150. You know, you're turning 142, 143, 144. You're like, fuck. Like, if I lose this bet, I will not only lose my credibility as a scientist, but my entire family will lose millions and billions of dollars in investments. Because, like, what they did is he invested his funds in gold and later in Tesla. He estimates the value will be well over $1 billion when it's time to collect in 2150. Um This could be an interesting plot for a movie. Like, the two old men, as they're nearing 150... They both have their own incentives for wanting to be the person to live to 150. No, okay, so that, I have a clarifying question. The bet is that they themselves will live to 150 or that anyone? Just anyone. But I thought it would be funny if it was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what if you just like said, I'll do you one better, and that 150-year-old is going to be me. 
<laughs> so long after you're dead, buddy boy, I'll be over here just collecting my bread. <laughs> um, I, I tell you this, I think, uh, I mean, how would you even live to be 115 in this country with like, that's what I'd say. Like, especially if you come from like an industrial place like ours, you know what I mean? Like, and this is so ironic at a time when we are edging in on the ability to end a global pandemic and we are just not going to because everyone's not going to get vaccinated and we are literally denying developing countries the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to circle back. It's just going to keep coming back. Like there's, It's going to mutate a million more times like there's no end in sight right. so it's just such an ironic conversation right now when we are straight up refusing to live man it's like this is what the u.s <laughs> this is what the u.s does though you go you throw your little right-wing tantrum about taxes and all this stuff and whatever slavery and then like the french come and help back you up then you just leave them high and dry when it's their turn <laughs> you know what I mean? so we just have a demonstrated history of people Throwing us a bone for our own evil ends, and then when it comes time, like, yeah, man, we kind of got our own thing going on over here. So, right. Um, I thought this was funny though. So, like, you know, there's all kinds of ethical debates about whether we should even pursue longevity, like, you know, extending life. Um, in this article, there's some good arguments for and against it, but this is a really funny argument against it. Lingering multitudes of super seniors, some experts add, would stifle new generations and impede social progress. There is wisdom to the evolutionary process of letting the older generation disappear, said Paul Root Volp, the director of the Center for Ethics at Emory University. If the World War I generation and World War II generation, and perhaps, you know, the Civil War generation were still alive, do you really think we would have civil rights in this country? Gay marriage. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. <laughs> that is an interesting take. It's like if if uh, Franklin Pierce were still around today, you know, if Millard Fillmore and the right. boys were still, you know, right. That is good. That is interesting. It's uh, yeah, I, you know, it's but also like our relationship to like time is so weird. Anyway, like I just saw that you know, like we've talked about on the show before, like. Uh, uh, John Tyler, former president, has had until late last year had two grandsons still alive. Really? Yeah. John Tyler. John was Tyler was born in like the seventeen hundreds. <laughs> well, I just saw a tweet that said, "Let me see if I can get this right." Uh, Je- Thomas Jefferson was alive when Harriet Tubman was born. And Ronald Reagan was alive when Harriet Tubman died. I see. And that's how short our timeline is right now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's wild. But imagine if you were alive today and you said, yeah, my grandfather was born in 1752. That shit. (laughs) You would have to be like 120, though. Yeah, they were like, they were both like in their late 90s. I guess John Tyler had some, I don't know, I guess he had some kids when he was in his like late 60s or something. Mm-hmm. Huh. And then they lived a really long time. 
It seems unlikely, but it's like... Yeah. Imagine living in four centuries. Like, there's just four centuries that separates, like... The time you live in now with when your grandfather was born. Mm -hmm. Good God. (laughs) I like the idea, though, of um, squaring off in public debate (laughs) uh, over something like gay marriage with, like, a Civil War veteran. I mean, (laughs) that's really what the discourse really, truly needs. (laughs) Yeah. You have, like, the Lincoln-Douglas debates, but about, like, the culture wars. Yeah, well, you you know, and, like, there's all this, like, right-wingers love to talk about, you know, the wussification of men and how, like, the greatest generation, they stormed the beaches of Normandy and they wouldn't put up oh, with God. any of this. <laughs> it's like... They wouldn't be using pronouns. <laughs> right, right, nonsense. right, right. I hate to break this to, to them, but, like, if we're talking about antiquity and the ancient world... There was a whole hell of a lot more gay sex going on back in, like, when the classics oh, yeah. were written. You know, like, the, like the right-wingers love to read the classics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All those guys were sucking dick, too, dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, it's like all your all your faves that wrote to, you know, whatever, Marcus Aurelius and all them, they were all, you know, they all had their courtesans, but <laughs> also, uh, you know, dabbled in a little bit of everything. I'd love to have a courtesan. I don't know what that means. Or a courtier. What's... Is a courtier, Maybe a courtier is like a secretary, I guess. A courtesan would be like a... A mistress. A, a concubine. Right. Concubine, yeah, yeah. Right. It's got what some... do you want from me? <laughs> what? I already gave you turkey. That's your problem, Tony. He's he's all bunged up from the turkey. <laughs> Should we wait it out? What's the protocol? What do we need to do here? <laughs> I don't I mean, know. I'm man, just waiting he, to see what happens. He's 16 years old. He's just... Uh, he's essentially what? John Tyler's age. <laughs> dog years. Let me, yeah, let me try to take him out. God damn, hold on. It's the fucking Mike and Mike show. Eight eight o'clock Monday mornings. And then there's a clip of them like harassing a McDonald's employee or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I did this morning. I went to McDonald's and they forgot to give me my fucking tater tots and I told her. <laughs> I said, and then they play like some kind of cruel joke on somebody that makes seven dollars an hour. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, and then there's like, like clown noises and stuff, like honk, <laughs> honk, noise honks and yeah. What are y'all talking about? Radio More shows. Than talk are, radio. Yeah, like it's Mike and Mike. Uh huh. God, I watched a little bit of the View this morning, and Megan McCain went on the fucking craziest rant about how she's the token conservative the only one the only conservative in all media in all mainstream media wow just her and she takes quite the bullet for a <laughs> representing all of conservative america prayers up for megan man yeah. i i tell you what i today i've been depressed and you know i was trying to buy a car and got turned down at the dealership for financing for <laughs> Not Duck walk, walk a shame out of there. 
<laughs> no, no, I mean, fortunately, I did that part over the phone. No. <laughs> and it just it just struck me, like, how... It, man, it's just like so... I don't know. It's just like so dehumanizing to, like, not be rich in this country. Like, even if you're just like... I mean, like, I do fine. You know what I mean? I'm, like, comparatively wealthy to most... You know what I mean? But, like, it is... It's just like, I don't know, man. It's just such fucking... Anyway. I'm just bitching about how hard it is to buy things and yeah, navigate this world. But then, I, like, I go to, like, the group chat of, like, my buddies from college, and they're, like, all pissing and moaning about the specter of, like, Biden's 40% capital gains tax, which I, I don't think is going to happen. But it's like, bro... You got motherfuckers out here fucking paying taxes on on goddamn unemployment, which is 60% or whatever it is of what they were making, and y'all are pissing and moaning because you made 280 grand and not 400 grand. Like, suck the biggest fucking dick that exists. Yeah, truly. I think it's... Capital gains tax might happen. Um, I mean, if it comes down to that in, like, an income tax. Uh, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that we we will win that fight. <laughs> I, I was I heard on the radio though this morning that his tax plan is just to tax the top point three percent. Yeah, point three percent. It was like fifteen thousand Amer- uh, American families. It was a very small number, but it was like the richest. Wait till they <laughs> form a party to represent themselves. They're gonna hire a lawyer. So he's finally he's finally like made the calculation like oh. N- nobody likes these people. <laughs> they don't even like themselves, right? But you know, it. it I mean, I, I, I hate to like parrot the like temporarily embarrassed millionaire trope, but like <laughs> the fact that you got like a bunch of like upper middle class guys thinking the forty percent capital gains tax is going to affect them is like telling about how like this shit like infects people's minds and like makes everything so goddamn hard. Yeah. Right. Well, on the Tennessee news this morning was a whole segment about how Biden is going to uh, limit everyone's meat intake. Yeah. I, I <laughs> want So I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, Outrage. I've got some things I want to talk about on the show today. Um, so let's start off with. Uh, there's. I feel like in the last couple of days, last week or so, there's kind of been like a. I want to call it a deluge, but there's been a slow trickle. It's been very steady and gradual of think pieces about the pandemic coming to an end. Um, I think it's been a slow trickle because people just aren't really quite sure what's what right now. Um, but the best one I saw, and we're gonna we're gonna do a little we're gonna do a little exercise here. We haven't done okay. a, a, a fun little exercise on the trailbillies. In a long time. So I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready to get out of your comfort zone. And uh, I don't have one some... of those anymore. <laughs> out the window. I can't, I can't find refuge anywhere. <laughs> Ain't been comfortable in years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only comfortable in my hot tub. Um, now, yeah, we're going to do a little exercise. Um, so... One of these pieces recently came out in the Atlantic. It was from uh, three 
writers. Um, uh, Julie Beck, Amanda Moore, and Catherine Wu. So, um, I'm not familiar with anything, any of these writers, except Amanda Moore, and just because she's one of those writers that, like, writes the most inane, like, bourgeois stuff, like, here's what kind of earrings you're going to want to wear on your third date on Zoom or something. You know what I mean? It's just, like, really oh just God. inane shit like that. Uh. Um, and so, I, I saw this article circulating last night says the coming conflict between introverts and extroverts when the social floodgates open not everyone will want to use their newfound freedom in the same way so i clicked on this article thinking like oh yeah there's some good content in here mostly because right off the bat the framing is completely wrong there's no such thing as like people who are either extroverts or introverts like it's already a farce, but maybe I'll get some good content out of it. But uh, it wasn't even an article. It wasn't even like an investigative piece or, or a written piece. It was just a conversation between three people talking about how like random and quirky and interesting they are. So I thought, hey, we're three people too. We can do that. We can t- we three can- people, random, inter- interesting, and quirky. <laughs> We can we can apply their methodology to explore the divide between introverts and extroverts and how it might bu- uh, explode into the social sphere in the time of post-COVID. So yeah, so yeah, like I said, we're going to do a little exercise. I thought I'd, I would use their methodology and their approach. So I'm going to put the question to you guys. Where, where would you be on a scale um, from negative 10 to positive 10? Um, with zero being a true neutral, negative 10 being the far end of the spectrum for uh, an introvert, and a positive 10 being the far other side of the spectrum for in- extrovert. And then, like I said, zero is true neutral. So just to start off, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and start off here. I'd say that I'm probably like, I'm, I'm probably like a, a negative one. And I say that because the way they define it here is, are you energized or drained by being around other people, or are you energized or drained by being by yourself? And, I mean, if I had to be honest, I spend most of my time by myself. I'm fine being by myself. Uh, I'm not necessarily uh, drained around other people, but it doesn't energize me either. I'm mostly energized when I'm by myself. So... But, but I'm not a hard introvert, as you would say. So I'm going to go negative one. That's what I'm going to say. So I'll put it to you guys. Where, where, where you fall on this totally arbitrary and absurd spectrum that does not, in any ways, is not representative of human behavior. Okay. I love this. This is like a Cosmo quiz. Yes, it is. Love it's it. basically a Cosmo it. quiz. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> right. love it. I did one right. two weeks ago. Love go it. Ahead, go ahead, Tanya. I'm, think, I'm thinking about it. Uh, I think I'm probably a plus three, plus four ish what do y'all think i'm i would probably say you're like a plus eight but i put you a plus i put you a plus 17 you literally cannot be alone <laughs> i have lived alone many times i currently live alone yeah you know you have you have you have uh wives concubines rich men wise men traveling many seas and delver deserts to come pay 
peonage to you. I would, yes. I'm glad I, that's what you think. I, You're no, not I'm, living alone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you technically I mean, live alone, you but do you're te- never you, alone. He is right, but when's the last time you spent a weekend from Friday to Monday completely alone by yourself? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yard work. And yeah, no, no, I'll no, 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 no. When is the last time you spent? <laughs> I spent more than of more than three alone. days alone. Literally, plenty of times this winter. Okay, so well, yeah, because yeah, but I just want to point out we were in the middle of a global pandemic, <laughs> and it was the winter time, and nobody well, can get on your heel. Exactly. I'm talking about all things being equal. When was the last time? <laughs> I spend more time alone than y'all realize, obviously. Okay. Um, I'll grant you that. Not, there's not, also, there's nothing wrong with this. I'm just yeah, making an I, we're just we're, we're just busting your balls a little bit. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, year, maybe five years ago, I would have said plus nine. Okay. But you, now, I, I do, people wear me out, and I do need alone time more okay. and more all the time. I feel it, and I, and I definitely energize myself alone more than I used to. I have moved on this imaginary spectrum <laughs> so you're moving I, back this way you would say yeah i'm I, moving i'm moving toward intro intro i can testify yeah. to this i'd say that's accurate so you said plus four i'll go plus five i'll meet you in the middle fine plus all right, five all right because i also talk on the phone tom you talk on the phone constantly i talk on the phone a lot truly alone but i'm like meditating more and shit you know I'm trying. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I just, you know, I have a lot of friends. I've already made a list of my birthday invites, and it's more than I can technically invite. So. You should never apologize for having friends. I wasn't, you know, it isn't an inquisition. I was just saying that you're a, you're a social butterfly. I happen to be someone that people love the company of. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. You should apologize for so yeah, I'll say I'll say plus five, and I will guess that Tom's right in between Terrence and I. I think I split the difference between yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I think that too. Because I'm uh, yeah, I will, I like my alone time. I mean, I grew up in the house with with older sisters, so I kind of value sort of my alone time, but I also like people too. So, so yeah. then you're saying positive too. So where are you at? Where were you at? I'm Terrence. positive five. Terrence uh-huh. is negative, negative one. Negative one. Negative one. So I'm probably like a positive two or something. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'll buy that. The, the reason this is kind of funny is because, as you pointed out, Tanya, this is like a cosmopolitan type thing, but it's in the Atlantic, <laughs> which, is, which is like <laughs> ostensibly like a politics and... I can't wait for us to uh, look at our birth charts together. I've been waiting for this day for years. Um. All right, so so what they do is they go down the list, and like I said, we're trying to explore the dichotomy between introvert and extrovert and how it's been challenged by the pandemic. Like I said, I opened this expecting a well-thought-out, maybe interesting, maybe maybe a, maybe a good hate-read-type article. You, but it's in the Atlantic. I thought you said it was in the New York Times. It's in the Atlantic. My, the New oh. York Times thing was the longevity thing from earlier. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. This is in the Atlantic. Um, and and you know to be totally candid this is why i love the, these writers like this is why i love this writer because it's like they write about stuff that would be more at home in cosmo but it's like in the atlantic so they have to put a political sheen on it which is yeah. i love that that's my favorite type of 
you know, article right now. <laughs> Cosmo article that has a political sheen. I love that shit. Yeah. So, um, so what they do to explore that dichotomy is they ask a series of questions. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and then we'll have a lightning round at the end. Ooh, okay. I love this. This keeps getting better and better. So, so yeah, so I kept their questions intact, but I made up my own lightning round questions, basically off of their, um, off of their model, okay? So okay. We'll, we'll do the first question here. I admire this prep work, Terrence. <laughs> I mean, this is the most fun this. Tanya's had on the show in years. Yeah, I was actually going to come on today and tell y'all I quit, but I'm back. You this is going to bite you at least another month. Okay. Um, so the questions are kind of serious, and and so you know don't don't assume that you have to answer them seriously. These people, like I said, they they're quirky and they're interesting and they're random, and so channel that. And, and keep in mind the number you, you know, listed on the spectrum. Uh, first question, do you think the pandemic has changed where you fall along that scale we just did? Or has it made you reassess your number at all? Or in other words, has the pandemic made you more or less of an introvert or extrovert? Um, and if so, why? Hmm... Hmm. I'll say I'll say this. I miss people a lot more than I thought I would. Are we doing Are we doing a scale on this? No, if you want to, we or can. just just is this is this like the essay portion? This is the essay <laughs> anecdotal. Yeah, this okay. is the anecdotal portion. Um, because like I said, there's been kind of a trickle lately of articles that are like, what's happening to our relationships? And social life. Now that we are moving away from the pandemic and we can start looking back on what happened. So this, the, the, the objective of this is to figure out, like, how are we changed? How is our social behavior changed? Like, are you more of an introvert or are you more of an extrovert now? Are you trying to have a white, uh, like a totally like hedonistic, hedonistic summer? Trying to fuck, do a lot of drugs? Or are you like, nah? The pandemic made me realize I like being alone and I'm going to stay inside with my mask on for the next 20 years. <laughs> ah, Tanya, you want to go ahead first again? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, um, I have, I've, I miss travel more than people, I think. I mm-hmm. miss experiences. Um, and I guess I'm not sure how to parse this out, but I miss like, you know, being around a few people. Like I just miss indivi- like individuals, but I am terrified to be in crowds again. Like I just don't want to be in a crowd. And I like think that over the past year I have realized I've never really enjoyed being in crowds. It's just something I pushed myself to do. And I just like the thought of being in a crowded bar sounds so terrible. And and like Tanya Tucker, they just announced the Railbird Festival in Lexington. Tanya Tucker's going to play, uh-huh. and I would love to see her. But I cannot go to a fucking music festival. I Even would, outside? I, yeah, I just don't think I could do it. It what, sounds so awful. What about it? Is it like the potential for spreading germs, or is it just a lot of people are around and you? 
you would just prefer not to be around a lot of people. Yeah, I think it is like an over like an overstimulation. Okay. For, for me and Terrence, we're survivors of Planet Rue 2014 <laughs> and the Mad Max-like <laughs> scene in the shower stalls that gave me a rash that still hasn't subsided, to be honest with you. So Real Bird sounds like goddamn Ivy Leagues compared to that fucking... Well, someone else literally said that. They were like, well, it's not like camp, and it's not like Bonnaroo. Well, I got news for you. I've never been to Bonnaroo, and I never fucking will. (laughs) I remember when y'all went, and I was like, it ain't happening. We changed that weekend. (laughs) Yeah, can you imagine? I was asked to go with Mountain Justice multiple years in a row, and I was like, there's nothing. Hell nor heaven could drag me to Bonnaroo. Did you ever meet Bobby Kennedy Jr.? Yeah, I did. How was that? Um... I mean, I didn't chit-chat with him, but I'll tell you who I did meet and love was um, Daryl Hannah. I met her and chatted her up right before she got arrested at an action one time in West Virginia. She's a mountaintop removal activist? Yeah, look at that. You got cuffed and stuff with Daryl Hannah? I did. Wow. Such a fucking babe. (laughs) And so sweet and nice. Like, you just wouldn't believe. Oh, God, such a crush. Oh, I would do... A number of things for and to Daryl Hannah, whatever she wanted. I would okay. be her lap dog. <laughs> okay, but I had it, no but idea. If, if that required going into a crowd to do what she wanted, you wouldn't do it. No, I would do it. I would do it in a crowd I, for her, for Daryl. Had no idea, Dana, her, uh, Daryl Hannah. Is that her name? Daryl um, Hannah, yeah. Yeah. Was a devout follower of getting the goods. She got, she, yeah, she got the goods. She got cuffed and stuffed. There was like that, that science guy was there that day too. They, they, uh, they were on the line. Wow. No, <laughs> no McKibben Well, well, well or when you say the science guy, I yeah, mean. Yeah, you're that. right. I'm sorry. That was my bad. Uh, he was a scientist. Okay. Some, Bill McKibben maybe or yeah, something Bill like McKibben. that. Is yeah. he a scientist? Yeah, he was Yeah, that, that sounds day. right. Yeah. I think that was actually the launch of 350.org, maybe. It was at that elementary school where there was... We, we did an action at an elementary school where there was just hundreds of thousands of gallons of sludge above it. Just wait to shower down on us. <laughs> just imagining Bill Nye getting cuffed and stuffed and, like, shouting out the tribe's <laughs> names that, like, owned that land before that... Uh, yeah. <laughs> if... If that slurry pond would have broke while we were there, I would have made a beeline for Daryl Hannah to rescue her. I'd have been running her out of there. Interesting. So that maybe that's a. I'll. I'll. I'll I just took a note of that. That will come back up in the lightning. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, me from 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 my part, I think maybe I became a little more extroverted. I'd like to go. I would like nothing more than to just to be an anonymous face in the crowd. You know, this podcast fame has really gotten to me. I need to just go to a concert with 30,000 people, maybe Elton John or something, Paul Simon. <laughs> just be just be a face in the crowd, man. <laughs> Speaking of which, remember when we saw Elton John at Bonnaroo? <laughs> yeah, I lit up to Rocket Man. <laughs> oh. Well, I will say in response to that that I have texted the words and said them multiple times in the last month or two i just want to flirt with someone who's never listened to drill billies (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah um well so anyway so tom uh do you have an answer to that that i think you provided your answer yeah i think i think 
at first I was like, hell yeah, the world's slowing down. This is playing right into my hands. And now it's like, I wish things would kind of pick up a little, just a jab. Wasn't that why you, you know? tried to buy a car? No, Where I just I to tried to buy a car because uh, my I've invested $6,000 in fixing a car that I paid $2,500 for <laughs> about six years ago. Tom is S10 work. gang. He's all about yeah. the S10 gang. Um, okay, that's that's totally fine. Well, your answers will be duly noted and submitted to the uh, proper scientific authorities. We'll move on to question Bill two. Bill Nye. To Bill Nye. <laughs> Bill Nye Bill will Nye. receive this. It was a bill. <laughs> Bill Nye, comma, science guy. Um, question two, what did you most... I, dude, I fucking... What I'm trying to get at here is just to just to show you how absolutely banal this is, really. And, like, these people make probably $200,000 a year, give or take. <laughs> what did you most hate about pre-pandemic life, and what did you most love? How much time do you have <laughs> on the hate part? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, this is like a sub question of the first one, honestly. It's not, there's nothing that, about it that's really even, um, you know, speaks to any kind of profound anything. It's just like, did, did you like well, going to bars? Did you like going to clubs? Like, I did. I liked dancing in public. And I guess I maybe would like that. I mean, I should caveat, I've been to Dollywood twice already this year. I got a season pass. But I went on Mondays, hardly anybody there. And it's all outdoor, so felt pretty good. I'm telling you, the the feeling of being of like actual joy on a roller coaster did something for me. It, it was not. It was a reset. Yeah. Did you um, Did you think about all those particles flying back in your face? Nah. <laughs> nope. Didn't. Um. But I will say that two months before the pandemic, I quit. Um, full time nonprofit work right before the pandemic and I had been working for nonprofits for 10 years straight and it had nearly killed me because they expect you to work about 60 70 hour weeks uh for a pittance um and my health was degraded in such so many ways I'm still picking up the pieces of my health care and so that would be my biggest hate 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 Mm. my uh former Nonprofit boss of mine just got named to the White House Executive Council. So, uh, <laughs> to be honest, I, if you if you were to uh, press me, I could not tell you what his job duties were. <laughs> I never saw him work. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Isn't it kind of funny how close three dipshits have been to the halls of power, just like through weird, <laughs> random, tacit sort yeah. of yeah. you know tenuous connection? I I'll tell you one thing I liked about pre-pandemic life there were there were characters and story arcs that actually had like pathos and uh and entertainment for example when's the last time we had like a jordan peterson type character you remember jordan peterson tanya does that name does that, that name's not familiar to you no like that's like a 2018 era character you know the guy that debated Zizek, and he like uh, did the weird meat diet with his daughter, and like <laughs> told men aged uh, eighteen to thirty-five they should make their bed up. Meanwhile, oh, no. his house looks like a goddamn pigsty. 
I have no recollection of any of this. Uh, well, he later, spoilers, later he got brain damage in Russia and <laughs> something happened. He's never been heard from again, actually. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The, the pen, the, look at what they took from us. You know? I did love drag shows and, you know, <clears throat> making out with people I didn't know that well. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, then this would be a good way to jump to the next question. If you were the boss of everything... And, that, and as I was writing this down, I was like, Tanya will like this question. Now, ta- this is a thought experiment Tanya has done before. <laughs> if you were the girl boss of everything. <laughs> if you are the girl boss of everything. <laughs> I can't how- believe this is in the Atlantic. <laughs> that, I, I'm, it's amazing. I love it. Incredible. This is perfect for an airport magazine. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you were an airport magazine that purports to be like, you know. Serious what? politics. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, if you were the girl boss of everything, how would you design life as we emerge from the pandemic? So, I'll give you an example. Here in Whitesburg, they are currently, you know, they're not giving us a livable income or public transit, but they are giving us a KFC for the COVID age. And so, uh, I think by that they mean no more common dining area, they'll run the food out to you in your car so that maybe that's a good example like is so they're not good? building a dining room at all even for they're like they're going to pretend I, every day is covid going forward i think they are but i think it's like you will be encouraged to not eat there i think wow um so i remember when the pandemic first started i remember thinking like oh well maybe this will have some kind of impact and how we arrange you know, life uh, and communal life, more importantly. Maybe it'll have an impact on that. But it looks like what happened instead is we just dug our heels in and exacerbated the problems yeah. <laughs> as they already were. And so now we're even more alienated and whatever. But let's just say that, that you could turn that around in a minute. Tanya, if you were the girl I'll boss. I'll say this. If if I were a betting girl boss, I would have put I would have bet that we would get universal health care out of a pandemic. <laughs> I actually thought that at one point. That's how naive I am. I think I, I did too. Probably. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it, when the World Health Organization said the number one thing you can do to curb this pandemic is universal health care, and we withdrew from the World Health Organization <laughs> in response... Um, I don't think my mind's been right since, honestly. <laughs> that was a pretty big turning point for me, I'm going to be honest. So I think healthcare would be my first girl boss. Uh, I may wave my magic wand, um, and we just have unlimited free healthcare, whatever we want. Right, okay. Um, whatever we need. Boob jobs, whatever. Get it. Yeah, okay. Fillers. <laughs> I'll take a BBL. I'm first in line for a BBL. What's a BBL? That. A Brazilian butt lift. They put your <laughs> okay. belly fat into your ass. Oh, nice. I don't really have seen, fat in either seen, of those. How, where, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe they'd take your tongue out. I don't know what, what happened <laughs> for you. I don't, think you. I don't think you're a good candidate for a BBL. But you've seen many BBLs. Most fat asses are the result of a BBL. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so definitely that. Um, 
you know, cancel all debt. That'd be great. Not not all student debt, all debt. Mm, okay. Because the reason Thomas couldn't get a car is because he has a bad uh, credit score, which is not <clears throat> real. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get the point. I'm a broke motherfucker. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, that's my guess. I've been that. a prince and I've been a pauper. Okay. <laughs> this was a credit score situation, buddy. I'll co-sign for you. I got a good one. Um, Why don't you do that? <laughs> well, there are two. There are two magic ones. What you got, Tom? Me? I mean, that's my answers are probably more on the banal side. You know what I mean? It's like um, give everybody money, give everybody housing, like all those like things that we talk about all the time. <laughs> but here's what I would do. I would... I'd teach everybody transcendental meditation, but without the sort of like oh you gotta pay all this money it'd be free for everybody <laughs> okay alright yeah and I'd kind of get rid of some of the, the masses so the, some of the weird orientalism tied to it but the the technique itself worthwhile that's what I'd do it goes to <laughs> okay. Right. but yeah oh it would be like to snap my fingers and yeah you're right like take over all second and third homes you only get one fucking house people <laughs> pick your house and then all the other houses are up for grabs. Go pick your house. <laughs> we could do that right now. It'd be so easy. It, just go just go go to a house that's empty and live in it. Right. Everybody. Well, you say that and the last person that did that got shot, so Exactly. Even in Letcher County. Yeah, I know. But yeah, yeah even no so that means no landlords. You can only own one fucking house. <clears throat> it, I, go ahead. No, that's a good wish. I mean, just, I mean, in landlords and in uh, police, I mean, it's just, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, I mean, that's rudimentary, not, <laughs> not sort of any, breaking any ground there. Another thing everybody should experience, I think, is, um, is, uh, Ouija's Italian ice. There's a lot of little, you know what I mean? A lot of little simple pleasures everybody deserves yeah. to have. You know? Turn turn all prisons into spas. So, you, menthol cigarettes isn't on that list? Of the, of is that true? <laughs> is, try, is Biden trying to end menthol cigarettes? So, it, yeah, it does seem like somebody asked Biden this same question. And Biden said, we're going to stop. <laughs> People have to eat less meat. They can't smoke menthols anymore. <laughs> I guess, man. I, I, that is true in the sense that I saw. I did read a Washington Post article that said that they were considering it. Yeah, that feels vaguely racist. Like in the same way that like <laughs> the NBA dress code was like like some like person's caricature of how black people dress or something like that. Dude, listen to this. This is how they actually. It's the opposite, Tom. It's literally the opposite. Okay. <clears throat> this is in the Washington Post. The Biden administration is expected to announce this week that it will propose a ban on menthol cigarettes, an action urgently sought by tobacco opponents in civil rights groups that say African Americans have been disproportionately hurt by the industry's aggressive targeting of black communities. So it's the opposite. Oh, are menthols so, more deadly than cops to black what, people? Well, no, no, no. What I, my question is like, <laughs> are menthols just more like dangerous than like any other kind of cigarette? I think they, I think they are, yeah, because um, you know they like 
crystallize your lungs or whatever. I don't fucking know. But, okay, I didn't. I, I didn't know that. But Tanya, that is the re- that is the correct question. Are menthol cigarettes more dangerous to black people than cops? Um, I doubt it. I, um, especially if you consider not only the deaths but the disappearances into prisons. Yeah, I, I agree with you on this. They are literally going to ban menthol cigarettes as an of act of anti-racism than just defunding the police. And instead of giving black people health care. Right. <laughs> There's so many other things that could happen here. Yeah, this feels like a somehow like the racist version of like uh, Bloomberg's like 44-ounce Coke band. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I- yeah, it's... Yeah, let's let's make the let's let's make life as miserable as possible, and then take the only uh one you know the only cheap relief people have a little menthol smoke here and there, a little stress relief. Is there a saw behind one of you? Yeah, I'm sorry. There's something that across the yard here. He's going to town on something. <laughs> yeah, dogs saws. So yes, my my initial thought is, I mean that's literally the best way to alienate a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> like, yeah, people who he claims is the reason he's in office. Right. Yep. Um, that is wild. Just taking the 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 small number of crutches we have left. It's just a weird infantilization, too. Like, oh, you can't, you can't, like, uh... Are menthols worse than regular cigarettes? I mean, am I just a dumbass? I just asked that. Oh. I don't, are they? I've always heard that they are. But, I mean, I think it's because of what it does to the lungs. Um, not only does it, you know, create cancerous can it create cancerous cells it can also cause maybe it can cause greater emphysema because it like crystallizes the bronchioles in the lungs or whatever um, this really is wild we're not banning guns we're banning menthol cigarettes <laughs> that was my first thought <laughs> like it's like uh, in california plastic bags are illegal yeah <clears throat> yeah there's a number of different uh <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. There's a number of things infinitely more dead. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking a pro-smoking stance or anything like that. But it's like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Jesus. Um, Question. Well, <coughs> anyways, uh, it's just wild to me that it's that they are banning menthol cigarettes and claiming it is to curb. <laughs> Racism? To, yes, it is. That's what we got now. Unfucking believable. <laughs> that, that is like that is like, and this is like. I mean, this is like <clears throat> same. You could say the same about like white Appalachian hillbillies, but that's like three steps away from like banning Mountain Dew for uh, you know what I mean, yeah, or whatever right. like sort of caricaturish like cultural. Effort, you know, thing yeah. that like instead you, of like people associate with like a community or whatever. See, that is, yeah, it's weird. It's the attacking a problem through a sort of consumer culture angle, personal responsibility. You know what I mean? Yeah, we've yeah. talked about this. It's like an abdication of their duties in terms of like universal health care, uh, 
defunding the police, all those t- sorts of things. Instead, it's like we're going to go after the products they buy because if they can't buy it, then they'll just be like more happy and healthy in, in the end. That's like a net positive. Right. Right. And also we curbed racism. <laughs> They're not banning the Confederate flag or the Nazi symbol or even racist rhetoric. Just the or things that those killing. Right, right. Or guns. Um let's move That's on to wild. let's move on to our next question. Um Well you didn't say what, what you what your girl boss wand would do. My girl boss wand? Uh, I did. I would ban mythos. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Terrence's position is right in line with the Biden that, that is, okay, Yes, that's you. what I... They, I've pulled them, not to the left, just to, to my very idiosyncratic, unique political position. Got it. Question number four. What do you think the norm should be as we're getting back into socializing? specifically around how we make plans and whether and how we rekindle relationships that got backburnered during the pandemic. I'll go ahead and tell you as a deviant myself, uh, I'm, I'm against all norms. Okay. That's a cop out. No, you got to <laughs> dig deeper than that. <laughs> I'm against all norms. I mean, I don't really understand the question because I guess the question yeah. is probably like, is it going to be okay to be late to a party now? And it's like, I, I, you know, it's <laughs> like... Let, let me ask you this. What sort of, like, behavior did you learn in quarantine that you're going to use as, a, like, as like a way to get out of something you don't want to do? <laughs> That's the real question here. That is really the question here. I mean... Well, I wish there was a norm that you, people didn't feel like they had to lie to just say no. <laughs> That'd be a nice norm. Who's playing that damn video? What video? Of the Beverly Hillbillies. You you must be hearing it in your own background. (laughs) Are you playing a Beverly Hillbillies video? What the hell? Are you, have you been hacked? Oh, no. I, I'm so stupid. I, <laughs> sorry, we got another little Easter egg like that because I forgot that I plugged in that little clip at the end of the last episode and I just deleted the clip of me and Aaron and then put I'm recording on top of that. I see. Sorry about that. <laughs> little Easter egg. So I was I thought that perhaps there was some tie-in between Beverly Hillbillies and social norms (laughs) at social events. Bring your own rocking chair. What it comes down to is, you're right, Tanya, it comes down to, like, what are you, you know, how are you going, are you going to be more truthful about not wanting to do things? Or are you just going to, you know, basically do what Tom does, which is yeah, man, I'll be there, and then, like, not come, or... <laughs> Never respond to messages. Never respond to a text completely message. fall off the <laughs> face of the earth. 
I've been convinced Tom hated me at least once a week for our entire friendship. <laughs> oh my god. Whole time. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's a thought you can't you can't stomach that idea that somebody somebody doesn't want to come put gold frankincense and myrrh at your feet. Oh, I got plenty of haters and they can all kiss my fat ass. <laughs> um <laughs> I did a tarot reading for some listeners. Shout out to them. Uh, Last week, I think it was. And they said that they are really overwhelmed because coming out of the pandemic, now that they're vaccinated, they have events they are committed to for the next, like, 10 weekends. They have no free weekends. And they're, like, feeling really overwhelmed and don't want to go and are trying to think up lies to tell. And I was like, or you could just say no. You don't have to make up up. lies to tell people. Yeah, they just like every weekend they have stuff they're supposed to go to, weddings and shit. And I'm like, just say no. Well, because I tell you why that is because in April 2020, oh, yeah, we need to do this when the pandemic's over. Yeah, and let's make plans. And then April 2021, it comes time to pay the piper, and you're like, just just kind of saying that, you know? Yeah. My guys in the. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. My guys in the college group chat like, they're like, Vegas, Vegas. And I'm like, one, you're all embarrassing. But two, like, I thought we were just kind of flapping gums about that. <laughs> you know, just past the time. The Paul, ain't you banned from Vegas? No, they ran me out once, but uh, I think the statute of limitations passed. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they still let Trump into the town, so. The pandemic did result, I feel like, in a maybe surge of plans that were made that were never intended to actually come true. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, you know, when you're shit faced at a bar or at a party with your friends on like a Friday night and you're like, maybe you're a little coked up too. You're like, man, we got to do this. Like, Oh man, this is so crazy. Like we got to do this. And you both know that that will never happen. But it sounds yeah. good in the moment. <laughs> that was what people were doing for a whole year. But it'll never actually come to fruition. Right. So yeah. maybe we could see kind of some sort of societal problems because as people's plans are simultaneously backed up and they've also made a lot of plans they never intended to fulfill. Well, I'm going to stop you right there, Terrence, because I am certainly getting... <laughs> A case of champagne for my birthday and having it showered over my body. <laughs> okay. Who's That's the most doing time you <laughs> Like you won the goddamn NBA finals. Brute. Three dollar <laughs> yeah. bottles of champagne. <laughs> yeah, you're getting you're not uh Dom Perignon or you know, any of those. No. You're getting like straight uh I'm getting whatever I can get Corbell's cheaper because I'm because I'm getting a whole case of it. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um okay so here's the here's the big question the one that justified this entire 4000 word oh, God. interminable article and that was behind the headline itself this is what they're aiming for here do you think that there might be any conflicts between introverts and extroverts in how they want to approach post pandemic life any conflict between introverts and extroverts. It's so banal. Just saying it out loud <laughs> makes me want to die. Conflict is constant. Right. Conflict is the spice of life. 
Um, and it's inevitable. People who avoid conflict are psychopaths. <laughs> Interesting take. Um, if you think you can go through life without conflict, you are not. You are crazier than me. Let me tell you what I've experienced a little bit of. I'll be vulnerable for a second. I've never been vulnerable on this show before, but I'll be vulnerable right now. I have experienced, I've had the experience of feeling, because I I have a certain amount of social anxiety, which is strange because I think I'm fairly gifted socially, but it feels like work to me. You know what I mean? Like it just constantly feels like work to me. Right. I've had the experience of, that I think they might be alluding to with this, of feeling a little bit jealous of everybody that's like, oh, I'm going to go like, you know, I'm going to go have sex with like 30 strangers and like spit in everybody's mouth that I see and like <laughs> just like bathe in particles like Tanya's bathing in cheap champagne. Uh-huh. And feeling like, God damn, I wish I could get there. I just ain't ready for it. And that's a hard thing to kind of articulate to people because you don't want to feel like um, like you're getting left behind or that you're sort of um, weird or don't or a killjoy or anything like that. But it is tough. Well, I mean, the one of the most prominent social phenomenon phenomena of the last 10 years is FOMO, fear of missing yeah. out, you know? And... This pandemic kind of did something interesting with that. I mean, because with the pandemic, you are always missing out, but you're not missing out on anything. So it, it creates this weird philosophical or sort of metaphysical conundrum. It's like you have a fear of missing out on something that isn't happening. Very right. interesting. Right. Also, that's the other side to that, too, that I think is... I also think that a lot of people that say they're doing this, this, I think that's overblown. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, everybody that thinks you're, like, like the wild, coke-addled party person, like, you're not that fucking wild. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's like, right. everybody likes having fun. You know what I mean? It's right. Just, it boils down to having the right crew, right place, right atmosphere, whatever, whatever. But, uh... But yeah, I think I think it's like when people are like, "Oh, this is going to be the summer of sucking and fucking and all that stuff." And it's like, <laughs> when when was it? When was summer never not the summer of sucking right. and fucking? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like hot girl summer. Yeah, it's like sleep. It's like you know, like people talk about sleep debt. Like you can't like bank sleep and like erase your sleep debt. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't like erase your like fucking like sex debt by just like going it's like you know you're just having like probably the same amount of sex you would have any other summer you know what I mean yeah well I've always heard that your 30s are FOMO fear of missing out but your 40s are like fear of being included (laughs) so maybe we're just speeding that up (laughs) I think that's kind of what they're getting out here with with this conflict between introverts and extroverts like I mean, again, it's so fucking banal. It's just like, I mean, again, these people probably get paid over a hundred thousand dollars a year to write this kind of shit. But I think kind of what they're getting at is like during the pandemic, it was kind of seen as this like big social injury that if you were someone who liked to go out to a bar or go to shows, 
that like your whole world came crumbling down. Everything ended. But if you were the opposite, if you were someone who just stayed inside all the time and didn't really have much of a social life, then your life was more or less the same. And like this is what has replaced like class analysis, class consciousness. It's just like, oh yeah, the pandemic didn't affect people based on what their class was. It affected them based on like what their personal pathologies and psychology is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Class consciousness has been supplanted by the INFP types. (laughs) Right. That's exactly right. (laughs) So. Uh, the co- more it's it's honestly which we have uh, described here, the conflict is going to be internally in each of us. <laughs> That's yeah. where the conflict's going to lie. That's what they're basically saying. Yeah, it's basically saying that like there were no great uh, class antagonisms or anything here. Even though people do pay lip service to that, and they say, "Well, there's essential workers and there's people who work from home." I mean. I've been dreading the day that you all say we're going to tour again. <laughs> Interesting. Okay that that was um, that was on my lightning round questions. So maybe you can ex- maybe you can explain that one here in a little bit. I just don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> I want all my travel to be for vacation. I don't want to travel for work anymore. <laughs> See, I'm um, the opposite. I like getting out there and meeting people. Um. All right. Well, then. So then, that kind of you know that. <laughs> That is I their... stepped on the bit yet again. <laughs> no, no, no. It's totally fine. That was their segment of this. We explored how completely, like I said, banal, empty, vacuous, absurd it was. But now I, we're going to go to the lightning round, and I wanted to put a, a sort of Trillbilly's flair on this to, to explore how really quirky and random and interesting you all are. So, um... What their lightning round was, um, are you looking forward to the following things? And it was things like travel, restaurants, parties, that kind of stuff. Again, but now uninteresting. <clears throat> but I, I, des- I devised a little list here that makes it a little more specific to uh, our trio here. So, Trillbilly's lightning round. And you can explain your answers if you want. Are you f- looking forward to the following things? <clears throat> First up on the list, manspreading. <laughs> Me or other people doing you t- it? Both of you. You two. I mean, do am I, I? I'm looking forward to my own manspreading. I love to carry six bags and take up space. <laughs> that's the, that's all you got to do. Is the answer? Then yes. <laughs> okay. Undecided. Ever since I stopped hating myself for being fat, I just like want to be bigger and take up more space. I'm, I'm like, I'm like constantly swelling to, uh, like I've run into a black bear and trying to scare him away. <laughs> I'm gonna let this fucking dog out again. Hold on. Okay, it's the lightning round, though. <laughs> Tanya, the lightning round implies that. Never mind. <laughs> just. Not having it. Okay, she's back. Okay. Okay. So man's spreading. Tom, Tom said no. Undecided. You're yeah. undecided. You don't. Ha- <laughs> you're not looking forward to it. One I way or the other. I don't have strong opinions either way about it. Okay. Uh, all right. Cat calling. <laughs> Say you're working on a construction crew. This is this is different. Yeah, I cannot wait to be hanging drywall with the boys and saying, 
Hey, baby. Shake that over here a little bit, baby. And then affecting a suave Spanish accent and making lewd offers. Yes, I love to be catcalled at the at the gas station. What about doing Honestly, it yourself? That, Are you gonna do? It? No, you were asking if you liked it. <laughs> if you, I've never catcalled a stranger. I'm not sure if I like if I like it or not. I've no idea. Um, but I saw a tweet recently that said someone asked their partner are you gonna tell me i'm beautiful today or do i have to go to the gas station (laughs) (laughs) do i have to walk past a 1970s construction crew (laughs) um all right uh let's see spreading the word of god either through general (laughs) evangelizing or doing missionary work overseas I don't you know anybody more Christ-like list? than Tanya Turner, so I'll punt to her on this one. <laughs> yeah, sure. I love the gospel. I think you, we all know where I land on this. Right, right, right. I yeah, mean... I, I go to and fro, uh, you know, seeking where I can... I'm just second. waiting That's on my right. fresh print of chick, uh, chick tracks. Um... In this article, it was, you know, questions like this. It's like, are you looking forward to restaurants? And it's like, who the fuck would say No. This is one of those questions. Who would say no to spreading the word of God? Yes, that's true. I mean, I yeah, I think we should all go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come into the house of worship. <laughs> that's just my own well, personal code, though. And God now, for me, is synonymous with Lil Nas X. So, so that is God for you? Yeah. Wow. So that's who I'm spreading the gospel for. Okay. <laughs> um... So okay, next up on the list we have. Uh, I threw I threw you I threw a bone in here for this type of article. I put dating. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But yeah, I'm looking forward to dating. Some I days mean, I have to recuse myself. Obviously, um, we will go to the next uh, canvassing <laughs> for Democratic candidates. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be a no for me, dog. <laughs> gonna be a no for me. Well, I, me personally, I think Connor Lamb has some interesting things to say in Pennsylvania. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'll get out there for him. I mean, I, you know me, I'm vote blue no matter who. Somebody actually accosted me on Instagram. <laughs> if you can actually accost online, over. <laughs> oh, uh, you can. Over my my famously big tent stance. I think cyberbullying <laughs> is real, Tom. <laughs> I have been so I'm easy to cyberbully. If you want to um, cyberbully, just I'm a punching bag. Just hit them DMs. So, all right. So I'm going to mark that down for yes for both of you, and I will be spending sending that information to every. Democratic candidate in a 500 mile radius. So yeah, please let them know I'm not interested. <laughs> no, I'm I'm going to let them know you are. You said mm-hmm. yes, and Tom said yes. All right. Uh-huh. Next question. Um, touring. No. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I like. Here's what I like about touring. I like the hangs. 
like we were touring with Lee Baines and even you know like I get well hell I guess it'd be two summers ago now in a couple months with Street Fight guys and District Sentinel guys like the hangs and all the extracurriculars are the fun shit for me the actual getting on stage is just terrifying so just yeah that's what I'm saying like I like to hang out with people but I can travel around and hang out with people anytime all the time I don't have to be forced to perform on stage <laughs> so if we did a tour if we did a tour you wouldn't go it would just be me and Tom be TNT we'll see what the cities are depends on where it is honestly wow okay. wow just note that fans <laughs> yeah Noting that down, sending it to every Democratic candidate in a 500-mile <laughs> radius. No, sending that to everybody that says, uh, Tom and Terrence are dumb, problematic pieces of shit, and Tanya's the queen. <laughs> yeah, let's see how they think about that now. All right. Um, last one. DA, baby. Are you guys ready for some direct action? Are you looking forward to some getting cuffed and stuff with your favorite uh With Bobby Darryl Kennedy Hans? Jr. <laughs> Funny you should ask, because I did this yesterday. I went to an action, a DA <clears throat> in Knoxville at a high school library because the school board was meeting. Knox County School Board had this like committee meeting where they were not even going to talk about Anthony Thomas. Um, Thompson Jr. Um, being murdered in Austin East High School two weeks ago and there were about 60 people there just dragging them for filth like what the fuck are you going to do about this and um, it was uh, you know it was pretty weird I mean there were a lot of cops there and they started kind of like swarming and talking to each other so I felt like they were about to do something so I spent like 20 minutes just recording the cops because I was just like a nervous wreck so no I'm not. In, I'm not looking forward to more DA because this one was already. And I mean, it was very frustrating because you're literally in a school library talking about the death of a student. Students and parents there demanding answers and getting literally laughed at. Um, and so that was really awful. Um, but on the other hand, seeing people out literally telling these like chief of staff and superintendent motherfuckers like your days are numbered um we're sick of peaceful protests we're about to burn all these schools down <laughs> literally was like we're over it we're fucking over it this is done um that was pretty cool that was nice um but it is also very hard to see and hear about so just an update they released the body cam footage from that shooting and and I'm only saying this because there's very little media coverage about it. Have y'all seen anything about it? Huh. Any news about it? No. So just an update for the for the world um, is that they released the body cam footage um, of a cop executing a teenager in a school high school bathroom in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it was you know horrifying. Um, and what happened was the resource officer who was there who had a gun shot tried to pull his gun out and shot him on his own self in the leg which escalated the situation and got the kid shot and Uh right after it happened the body cam footage shows them literally cuffing the his best friend who was with him throwing him on the ground and then and like as this kid pleads for his friend's life and then they take him in and question him for four hours after he watches this happen it's like unbelievable traumas and Anyway, long story short, they've already 
open close case said that there will that it was just all justified there will be no investigations nothing the guy the the cop that killed him still working everything's he's not even on he's not even on admin leave nothing so that's where we're at in knoxville um just a little just a little da yeah <laughs> side note so i'm gonna put down yes if cops get screamed at and if daryl hannah's involved <laughs> Yes, okay, good, perfect. <laughs> okay. That's my story. Uh, Tom. Uh, yes, but only if it involves uh, father's parental rights <laughs> or men's <laughs> rights in general. Okay. All right, we've got the vast spectrum of human thought, behavior, uh, <clears throat> you know, represented here in this study. I, I, Are we unique? What were the words? Unique and interesting and uh, random. quirky, random, quirky, quirky. Are we random, and quirky. Yeah, we've got it all. We are social scientists, and I appreciate you for partaking in my study using the Atlantic methodology. Your answers will be duly noted, like I said, to every Democratic candidate. And registered in, what is that? What is that voting software they use to determine the van? How, the van. <laughs> All of this will be lodged in the van. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> For the next eighty thousand years. If you um, could just take all this and create me a dating profile, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, like I said, it, and it will never disappear. It will still be in the van in twenty one fifty when those two guys. Uh, are determining who won their bet on someone living to 150. Um, so, uh, again, thank you both for participating. If you would like to fund more research like this, um, please go to the website www.patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash trillbillyworkersparty uh, There's all kinds of good scientific experiments on there that you can fund with five dollars a month <clears throat> uh, we are constantly looking for more money for research initiatives like this one um, we don't get paid a hundred thousand dollars a year uh, to do this type of reporting to take the pulse of to take the travelers pulse like in America's airports that's exactly right so uh, <laughs> we need your help we're independent scientists um, and we need your help so please go support us there um and uh anything else guys yeah to sign off i have a question to pose to you what if the guy who placed his bet saying that no one would live to be 150 years old is indeed the one to live to be 150 years old yes (laughs) it would be an interesting conundrum because you would want to kill yourself because because it would discredit you scientifically and you would lose all of that money. You'd lose the bet. But you don't want to kill yourself because you're living, you're 150. You don't want to fucking kill yourself needlessly. So what are you going to do? That's what makes it a good a good film. Uh, look, I mean, if you like my, to fund more films like this. <laughs> my money is on the girl boss granddaughter offing Papaw for the money. <laughs> Okay, all right, all right. I see. Well, and this is why we need more men's people stand up for men's rights. But yeah, I, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. 
Um, this will be the summer of manspreading as we all get back out there into the world and take up our own space. Um, as if so you haven't had six feet on both sides, on all sides. <laughs> you are actually mandated year. to manspread. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't, hadn't thought of that. You're right. Um, anyways, yes, we're uh, screenwriters and scientists. Please go give us money at Patreon. Yeah, please give us money so we can continue to chase both pursuits. <laughs> That's right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.